Hi everyone, and welcome to the MPL podcast. I'm sitting here with Friedrich van Loon, our procurement manager, to talk a little bit on what is going on in the maritime industry today. Maybe, Friedrich, you can start by introducing yourself. Of course, no problem. I am Friedrich van Loon, and I am in charge of the procurement with Mariport Logistics for over 10 years now. On our team, we handle the negotiations on behalf of our clients for spot and contract business with the shipping lines. This is a multi-trade and multi-commodity department, so this gives us a very good impression of what is happening on the global market. So Friedrich, you are the real expert to discuss with us what is happening on the world of import and export flows today. <laughs> well, that's maybe giving a little too much credit. <laughs> But it is in fact uh, a part of my role within Manipur that I'm in touch with the shipping lines and cargo owners for different geographical trades. And with this interview, I can share some of my personal thoughts and experiences to give an image on why certain things are happening. In the past months, I've already tried to inform our clients and partners in the form of customer letters to elaborate on what is, ship what is happening in the maritime industry and we felt that doing this in a podcast might be a little bit more fun rather than to read some dull words in a letter. Yeah, and about this, I wanted to ask something. Uh, two weeks ago, I was in a bike shop looking for a new mountain bike. And I wanted to order one because I want to start next month. But the salesman said I will need to wait much longer than normal. He claims that they are being faced with some problems on the logistic of these bikes. They are simply not getting any deliveries in, or if they happen to receive them, it is with serious delays. Is it possible that he is right? Does the container market face issues to deliver these type of goods? In short, is there a problem? Yes. The shipping industry today is facing difficult times with capacity constraints, leading to tremendous rate increases. The industry is also being confronted with a very poor sailing integrity of around 35%, meaning that on a global level only one-third of the container vessels is sailing as planned. As you can imagine, this is causing serious disruption in global supply chain of all sorts of products, like electronics, bikes, the fast-moving consumer goods as we call them, but also for raw materials that are being used in production. Um. Sailing integrity, sorry, but what does that mean? <laughs> sailing integrity is the level on which vessels on a service or sling, as we say, are respecting their foreseen transit time and routing. This is one of the major problems which shipping lines have to cope with for the moment. You can best compare it with waiting at a bus stop. In normal times, you expect the bus to stop every 50 minutes. In shipping today, the shipping lines are faced with such huge delays in the majority of the ports, that the bus will only arrive in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or who knows, maybe even not at all. Meaning that you do not know when you will get home. It is extremely difficult to predict where you will have these delays and when you will have these delays. The situation with shipping products in containers is similar to that. Because of these delays, the shipping capacity is being stretched causing a shortage on the major markets of space and containers. I understand that this might sound weird for a sector that has been struggling for years with a massive overcapacity on the vessels. In a normal economy, we have an idle vessel fleet of around 8 to 
Now in the current environment we are below 2%, meaning that almost all available container vessels are being activated to move cargo. This brings me to another topic, where some sources claim that the shipping lines have uh, that they are showing a great capacity discipline. I must say that I have a different view on this. The discipline, by lack of a better word, is enforced by external factors and not by a solid or, or structured capacity management policy from the shipping lines. Okay, yeah, and 2% sounds very low indeed. Um, and you were talking about external factors. Can you go a little deeper into this? Do you mean things like Brexit and such? Brexit for sure has impacted the logistical flows, but external factors always have an impact on international shipping. And this can go from political decisions like Brexit, war breaking out, a strike which is initiated, or something which is totally unpredictable like heavy weather. Everybody saw the images on the news of a snowstorm in Texas, where they normally never see snow. I also would like to recall to the bushfires in Australia, which damaged a lot of the local infrastructure. Things like this, of course, have a massive impact on the operations of port terminals, inland logistics and so on. Okay, this explains us a little bit on the operational issues and challenges on service level. But how does this all explain the higher shipping rates? Pricing in global shipping, as in any other industry, is mainly driven by supply and demand. With demand being the amount of cargo that needs to be shipped, and the capacity provided by the shipping lines is the supply. With the delays we are facing today, on a global scale, in combination with a higher demand, which we see happening on several key trades, most of the fast-moving consumer goods are being produced in Asia, and we have seen a huge increase of this type of products as a result of the lockdowns in Europe and the US. People began to show nesting behavior meaning that they wanted to improve their home environment. They bought a new TV, a bigger fridge, a swimming pool in the yard, a tablet for homeschooling, a second monitor for the home office and so on. This has caused a surge in cargo that is mainly moving on the Trans-Pacific on one hand and from Asia to Europe on the other hand. And this is simply putting a lot of pressure on the rate levels. Okay. And how are customers affected by these higher rates? Well, it's a good thing that customers are being forced to give more attention on their logistical flows and supply chain. However, being confronted with higher rates is never pleasant, but it's good that they rethink on their exposure when sourcing abroad. Oh, and what do you mean with exposure? As an example, companies in Europe who now do a single sourcing ex-Asia are rethinking their strategy in terms of risk spread. Maybe it's better to have a multi-sourcing from different regions, such as Eastern Europe and Turkey, in combination with their current sourcing ex-Asia, especially for sensitive products for the production process or final delivery to their customers. Uh -huh. And with these higher rates, I can imagine the shipping lines are making a lot of profit nowadays. Can we then, as a result, expect a higher service level? Um, on the long term, let's hope so. But on the short term, unlikely. 
I want to re-emphasize that the shipping lines are sailing off schedule due to these external factors, as pointed out earlier, which are simply out of their control. Do not forget that with these delays, extra connections and extra chartered vessels, the shipping lines are also being faced with higher costs. So the situation in which global shipping is today is not caused by bad intention from the shipping lines. So it has no use to give them the blame for what is happening. They are just trying to manage what is on their plate today. Now, we also mustn't be naive. In this chaos, the shipping lines are indeed on the good side of the equation, getting a lot of premium rates, which will give extra revenue to them. Can they add to a solution? Sure, the shipping lines can buy more ships or build more containers. But building a ship takes several years and is not a decision taken lightly. Building more containers might be a quicker solution to take away the container shortages, but for this you need to ask yourself how realistic is this request? We expect the shipping lines to invest money in building more containers, to then reduce the pressure on the availability, to as a result have a lower ocean freight. Everybody will understand that this simply does not make any sense. No, indeed. But when I hear all this information, I'm very interested in where are we heading then? Well, that's of course the billion dollar question that many people are asking. And unfortunately, I cannot give the answer. In all honesty, I think nobody can. You can make some assumptions on where we are headed, but as said, you never know which external factors will influence the evolution of the economies globally or even regionally. Take for instance the relation between the US and Iran. Not so long ago, Iran was importing a lot of steel from Belgium, but with the embargo enforced by the US government, companies linked to the US were simply no longer allowed to do trade with Iran, making these flows to dry up as for many companies, the US is a major partner. Another example is IMO 2020. This was announced to be a game changer. The fuel type needed to reduce the exhaust of particles to make our industry greener was announced to make shipping a lot more expensive. The actual result was close to none on the pricing, and this due to a very poor global economy, pushing the oil pricing to a very low point. The current disruptive behavior on our industry, however, is so far-reaching that nobody can assess the impact on the long run. Our industry is always driven by a reaction on what is happening, never a proactive approach. This causes our industry to run behind the facts, and in a crisis, this means that you are constantly trying to catch up, to catch your breath. But by the time you have catched up, you need to start running again because the situation has changed. The shipping lines are trying to get some control on the situation and, and shippers and receivers are getting frustrated with the actions taken or the lack of logic brought to the table. What is clear, our customers will be confronted with higher rates on their contracted cargo. This is knocking on an open door. But to expect that higher rates will result in a better service? That's not likely. The cargo payers will not be the ones who will make shipping lines profitable on a structural way. The shipping lines will need to organize and work out a playbook 
to better approach these kind of crisis situations. COVID-19 was of course unforeseen and a global pandemic has a high impact on everything. But let us hope that the shipping lines can take away some lessons learned to be better equipped to cope with the disruption in international logistics in the future. It is, however, fully understandable that it is a very difficult exercise to build a business model that needs to foresee on unforeseeable events. The shipping lines will have to find out a kind of contingency plan to prevent that a situation, whatever it may be, gets out of control like it is today. At the rate levels in play today, we do however expect some cargo flows to simply become unsustainable and we expect a decline or shift of certain volumes to other areas. Okay, that was by the way a very great example on IMO 2020. But how long do you expect this situation to last? Also, this is very uncertain. A lot of volumes have been pushed beginning of the year to containers with IMO 2020 because of a lot older bulk vessels went out of rotation. That, that's a, an example of a structural change. Currently, we see a similar move from the air freight, where you normally have cargo belly space, as they call it. However, with less people flying and less planes in the air, this cargo is also pushed to containers. It is to be seen how long this effect will last. Apart from some increased volumes, the capacity issue needs to get resolved. And this will only happen when the rotation of the vessels will go back to normal. To give some sort of a timing, first everybody was aiming on Chinese New Year, then people opted for the summer months, but just look at what is happening in the Suez Canal. This will have a major effect on the delayed schedules and on the container availability on top of what we were already facing. The shipping lines will need to look at rerouting to sail via Cape of Good Hope, which of course will have an effect on the transit times and on the cost aspect. We also know that in the beginning of October we will have to deal with Golden Week in China, which will have an impact, but how great the impact will be will depend on the behavior of the shipping lines and the situation of the global container market and how the operations are restored to be at an acceptable service level. So it remains a very uncertain situation and it will be key to keep close track of the situation and monitor it closely and inform our clients and partners duly. To have the most accurate information, we have invested a lot in our IT and on our customer portal we have incorporated a track and trace module that even works with predictive data to help guide our clients to schedule the arrival of their cargo. Alright, that was very clear. Uh, Frederick, many thanks to elaborate on the global ship shipping market in this podcast. It was certainly interesting to discuss all these different topics and to see how complex the situation actually is. I would say up to the next episode.